Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, the weekly podcast featuring conversations with local purpose-driven leaders, leaders creating social impact through their work and fostering in a new era of social progress. We want you to listen, connect, and grow with us. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. But all it was for, for, the, for the session was I got all the loose change that we had and I just, just took it from a bucket and then I just stacked it up. And people were just like staring at it and all of a sudden you're just not thinking about COVID, you're not thinking about mortgages, you're not thinking about stress, you're not thinking about work pressure, you're just existing in a moment and you just feel, you just feel so relaxed and energised afterwards. It's such a weird thing that you think that wouldn't have such a profound effect on you, but it really does, it's really amazing. Welcome back to our second episode of a new season of Humans of Purpose. We are proudly sponsored by Neon Treehouse, the best digital agency on the planet Earth. To learn more, just head to neontreehouse.com or hit the link in our show notes. We are also sponsored by Creole, who are now the official drink of Humans of Purpose. Creole are committed to redefining the Australian drinks market. The team at Creole believe that Australian fridges should be full of drinks made from real ingredients that provide a healthy alternative and taste amazing. As loyal Humans of Purpose listeners, you can enjoy a 15% discount on their tasty range of healthy beverages. Just hit the link in our show notes or head to creole.com.au, click shop and enter discount code HUMANSOFPURPOSE on checkout. A guest on the pod this week is Alex Waddleton, who is the co-founder and creative director of the Silver Linings Agency. Riding shotgun with me on this one is Humans of Purpose regular and old mate Nick Pierce, CEO of social enterprise Homey, who recently connected us. Nick has collaborated with Alex before and is a big fan of his work. It was nice to vary up the format for this one. I think Nick puts in an admirable shift as co-host, asking some great questions and providing some incisive special comments. This is a great conversation with Alex where we talk about his mind-opening philosophies on sparking human action. I see Alex as a great creative who has been able to develop impactful campaigns that inspire purposeful action. One such campaign that we discuss in detail is the Do Nothing Challenge, which is far more interesting than it sounds. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Alex as much as Nick and I did. I'm like in the, um, in the cockpit with the... Um, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just I'm thinking a, of um, first flying, officer. flying high. <laughs> the boys have kicked us off and we're off to a great start. So uh, welcome, Alex, and welcome, Nick, to the Humans of Purpose podcast. Thanks for having me. Mate, great to be back. Are you happy to be in the uh, co-pilot chair tonight? How are you feeling about it? Mate, I am. Uh, we've got the um, – we, we've armed the doors, we've cross-checked, and the uh, the luggage is also stowed away in the cabin, so we're ready for lift-off. Have we got parachutes, though? <laughs> I feel like you practiced that in the car on the way over, and I am impressed. I'm not going to lie. I tried a few times. <laughs> but today is about Alex, and welcome to the podcast, Alex. I'm really keen to get into your story and hear all about you. Um, maybe a good way to start is just to hear a little bit about your journey into the space and, um, you know, everything you're doing today from Silver Lining Agency, the wonderful activations you're doing, um, and most specifically, the Do Nothing Challenge. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. No worries. Well, on a short story long, uh, I've been an advertising guy for most of my adult life, I guess, like over 20 years. Uh, and then I kind of started the last few years, started to go, I'm not sure if I'm delivering enough value to the world. So I basically started doing a whole bunch of things on the side that fed my soul and did some good for the world. Um, and it just feels so much better to do stuff that's adding to the world than taking away from it. So that's kind of the journey of seeing advertising. I had a few moments in advertising agencies where I was like, I'm not sure if I believe this stuff anymore. 
uh, maybe I can do better and that's kind of how I've got to doing this thing where I've started an agency. Like you mentioned Silver Lining, which is a, it's a for-purpose, not-for-profit advertising agency, which kind of goes against what an advertising agency is. <laughs> if you want. So it's well, like an un-advertising agency. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird. But we're working with some amazing clients already, like some all not-for-profits and charities and just they're just amazing people who have hearts of gold. It's just amazing to be around with people like that all the time rather than just in my spare time. I can kind of do it almost all the time now, which is pretty pretty blessed, I reckon. Mm. How does one sort of fall into that space of um, you, you sort of make it sound like it's quite a conscious decision to work with for-purpose organisations? Do you just fall into that or what, what's the kind of process of um, moving into that space intentionally? Oh, I reckon it's a little bit of a build-up over years and years and years. And there's one, there's one key moment which I really think changed the way I was thinking. I was in, working in an advertising agency and there was a brief for a sports betting company, love or hate it, but it's legal. Maybe it's not so bad to do, that's fine. But the proposition that they gave me was uh, it's better to bet and lose than to not bet at all. Mm. Wow. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I was the only one in the room going, wow. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, that, what does not compute? Yeah. And so I started to just question things a little bit more. Yeah. I feel like in advertising that stuff must have happened a lot though where they just say something and it's yeah. like, hold on, I can sell that, but is it true? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like I had a few other cases, not like in gambling, but just in like FMCG, which is fast moving consumer goods mm-hmm. but like you talk to them about oh what's this you know added this special 20 percent extra in this product does that make it better and they're like nah the formulation was right but it just looks like that'll be good for marketing and you're like <laughs> what what are you talking about that's nuts so you like you're kind of basically lying just because you're going to make more money money isn't everything mm. Helping people feeling better makes you feel better as well. Like Did you I, have a revelation or something though? Because it sounds like something must have changed for you where you made an intentional call to kind of shift. Yeah, I mean that that was a big revelation was that sports betting thing, and mm. the other revelation was having children. Yeah, yeah, and having both of our children have pretty uh, ongoing health issues. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the one that the one that I, I first time I did something quote unquote good was. Um, my son has a lot of allergies and if I access to wheat, rye, barley and nuts and eggs and all this sort of stuff when he's a kid. So we're in Royal Children's Hospital freaking every second weekend. Yep. I remember walking through Royal Children's Hospital feeling really, you know, dismayed and depressed, like, why us? This isn't fair. And then as I was thinking that, I saw like a young mum, young mum pushing her little daughter along who had who was six years old or something and had like a 20-centimetre scar on their head because mm. they had brain cancer, obviously wow. had brain cancer. And I was like, I'll... This is bad, but this is a lot worse, the brain cancer. And I literally just in that moment went, I've got to do something for kids' cancer. Mm-hmm. And I remember it a few years earlier, a nurse had been trying to get a cannula into my son because he was in hospital and they were like, like a student nurse. They're on work experience or something like, you know, they're just trying to figure it out. And they couldn't get the thing in. There was just blood everywhere and mm-hmm. he was miserable. He was crying. He was only a little baby. And at that stage, someone from Camp Quality just happened to walk in with a, with a rainbow wand and all of a sudden he was staring at it. He stopped crying to get the cannula in and I was like, that was amazing. So it just stayed with me. And I just remembered when I saw this little girl with the 20-centimetre scar, I just thought of this idea called One Buck, One Pluck. I literally thought of it. It was all there in my head. And I thought, you know, there's the world's greatest shave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea was in this one is to go 
97 steps further, which was every time someone donated a dollar, I would pluck a hair from my head. <laughs> and you've got a great head of hair. I mean, I'm sitting here quite jealous. Yeah, um, think, and I think I've seen um, a picture from the archives. And yeah, it's quite impressive, actually. It's a bit of a, um, I'm trying to think what we look like. It was a George Costanza. It almost yeah. ends up being. Um, <laughs> it was a little, it was so a little bit. Impressive. It was pretty mad. Like, cause I, I, so I did this idea and all of a sudden people started donating. And every I thought to make it, you know, give it more legs. Every time someone donated, I would then film myself plucking the hair out and then send the video back to them. And it was not obviously mad. Yeah. Um, but it got lots of press and I met the camp quality people. They were like, who's this maniac? And I talked to them and started to become friends with them. And I was just like, I love you people. Like you have all taken pay cuts to do what you're doing, but you're yeah. so much happier than you were in your corporate job. Oh, yeah. And all that sort of stuff just starts ticking away in your head and just doing good for things, just mm. as I, I think I said before, makes you feel better as well. So in a way, it's almost selfish because, like, if you if you're going and helping people, you make yourself feel better in the in the meantime, which yeah. is always a nice byproduct, I reckon. But you you are a maniac in in, in a lot of ways, but if it in, in the best possible sense. I mean, without I mean, I don't use the term lightly, but also a creative genius. You, you look it up in the dictionary, and there's a picture of Alex. I mean, this guy <laughs> has. And I, I, what was really touching, I think, just listening to you speak then, is that not only have you 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 know um, supported causes that are close to your heart, but you've also you know there's, there's a breadth to your portfolio in terms of what you've supported. And it might be interesting just for the listener, I guess, to talk through some of the campaigns in which you have run because it, it, it stems from, you know, acknowledgement of, of Nicky Winmar and, and, and that, that gesture, which obviously is, is, is so famous um, and, and a statue being a permanent fixture at the front of Optus Stadium. Um, I, I could obviously go through them all, but, yeah. I, but I'd love for you to tell us because it, it's, it's quite amazing, really. I yeah. mean, this, this is a humble guy, but this is a titan from... The, the advertising industry. I mean, this guy's Look, a, Nick, a heavyweight. I can, I can say safely that when he walked in wearing all black with just some slight demarcations of messaging saying, take care and just do nothing, I knew, <laughs> this is a serious cat who gets shit done. So, oh, oh, God, yeah. And yeah. that's the thing. I mean, this you just got to there's, – there's, you could honestly – you can't even count on your fingers. So, Well, uh, thank you. Overly kind words. Uh, but um, maybe I'll start with how I met you. Yeah. So maybe it was um, – so a few years ago um, – Mutual friend of ours, Tom Witty. Well, we weren't friends then. I, a few years ago. We're I'll, not friends, by the way, Alex. Yeah, <laughs> friends this is a professional type, courtesy. Type friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's a great man. No, uh, but like, so I'd, I'd been invited onto this panel for afters, a film, television, radio school. And they were looking for writers to be a part of it. And I'm like, I'm not really a writer. I'm advertising. It doesn't really count. But I went to it anyway. And on this panel, I met this guy named Tom Witty, who was then the managing editor of the project. Great man. Great man. Amazing guy. Just incredible. And somehow, for some reason, we hit it off, even though I'm like an advertising guy and he was writing all of Wale Ali's opinion pieces. So, heavyweight <laughs> and a lightweight. It was like Mike Tyson and um, Butterbean. <laughs> I love Butterbean. He's playing on the Xbox. He was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not bad. Underrated. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, a few weeks later or a few months later, Tom literally just texted me one day and said, uh, My mate, Tommy Little, obviously comedian from the project, he wants to do this thing for this brand called Homie, who I had never heard of, and he said he wants to do something for them just sort of off the, off the cup for World Youth Homelessness Matters Day. And he was like, there's no money in it. Would you like to do it? And I was like, yeah, it sounds awesome. Of course I'll do it. So we went to the to the Rose, um, had a few few jars, met Tommy, got a bit loose, came up with this incredibly stupid idea called Be a Model, which was the idea was we want to get Tommy to, you know, when you talk about um, – homelessness and people going through homelessness is kind of the invisible thing. You sort of walk past it, you mm. frame out the reality of the world as yep. everyone's looking at social media going, look at... Just pretend to do something else. Yeah, and here's step Kim Kardashian, here's this, we're looking at all this nonsense where yeah. there's real stuff happening mm. in the world. So we had this idea, what if Tommy became an Instagram model where he would basically say, I'm gonna, not going to be a comedian anymore, anymore. I'm going to be a model. I'm gonna, and then he was 
we took all these ridiculous photos with this photographer, Stu Morley, amazing photographer, yeah. where it was Tommy basically in serious levels of undress in all these different places. And he just uploaded them to Instagram one every day and didn't tell anyone what was happening. So literally everyone was going, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, I know um, his mum even said, you know, I'm not surprised. You always thought you were a bit of a knob, Tommy. <laughs> so he even didn't tell his mum, didn't tell anyone. And then two weeks later on World Youth Homelessness Matters Days, we he revealed on the project that all those photos – had been taken in places where instead of, you know, malevolence and badness, um, kindness is given. So people like Lighthouse Foundation or mm-hmm. Homie or um, uh, Launch Launch Housing, housing yeah. uh, places like that who are helping out people going through homelessness. And we revealed that all the photos have been cropped and now we revealed the uncropped photos and you could see that's where they were um, and revealed it on the project. And I think how much how much were you doing? It's per amazing because I, I want think, to talk about this. Yeah, yeah no, this, this, so you know we actually did our online sales at that point in time that we were doing a year in in a night. So a hundred thousand wow. dollars came through overnight. I mean, we were packing orders from my my parents' um, carport. You know mm. that, that was where mm. we we're at because of the volume. And you had these these four guys who were at the peak of their powers. Yeah, Stu, Tommy. Alex and, and, and Tommy Little. Yeah. Um, it was it was remarkable. But that was that was my first touch point with Alex. But then, you know, I mean, to to have followed his journey and his transition across from um, you know, the the, the industry mm. into what he's doing now. I mean, the the scope of the projects, I mean, it would be great to go through them because yeah. I'm you know, I've obviously done something very close to your heart with Epilepsy um, Australia and, and, and the Maximilian project. I want yep. to hear about that. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. Before we get to that, the first one sounds a bit fortuitous, like you kind of met the right people and it yep. clicked. Do you now have to kind to seek out those right collaborations to make these activations work or? Uh, not really. I just know lots of clever people um, and I use their cleverness for my own gains. Wow, that's for transparent. Other for other people's gains because <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of people a yeah. lot more clever than me. Like I'm an idiot. Like I'm like legitimately this is how you I can. You are a pretend But he's a genius yeah. as well. Yeah. I love this little story that sums up what an idiot I am. It's like I, I like to say to this, if I, I'm an idiot, if I can do this, anybody can do it. Like yeah. when I did VCE, um, I was getting B's, B pluses on every single assignment without trying. That was fine. I'm going to get a good score. Then I got my score and I was like, oh, that's not really a very good score at the end of year 12. Why is that not a very good score? I was getting B's and B pluses. That's 80 to 90% on everything. And then I read the fine print. A B is 70 to 80 and an A is 80 to 100. I'm like, that makes no sense. Should it be in increments of 10? So I discounted 10% through sheer not reading what I have, what an idiot, honestly. So, but no, um, I just know lots of amazingly clever people. And I also find a lot of people in advertising, which I'm obviously from, they're looking for an outlet because during their day job, they don't have that connection with perhaps quote-unquote good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're more than willing to jump in. It's like, hey, I'll, hey Ed Bacevese, who's an amazing guy, who's also a street artist named Unwell Bunny, check his work out. He's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes he's like, I need a logo for this thing. And he's like, sure, I'll do it. And he just does it because why not? It's cool. And like he did that on one of the other, one of the things I did was um, for Lighthouse Foundation, which was the Melbourne Shuffle Marathon. So I'm a raver from back in the day, back in Shed 14, represent. Uh, yeah, represent. <laughs> I'm Jeff right Mills. there with you, Yeah, brother. yeah. Brown Alley occasionally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go on. Uh, that, let's not talk about – what was the really dodgy nightclub in the city? Um, <laughs> there was a few Mission? of them. Mission? No, was it there was a few of them. Oh, Inflation? Terrible. Oh, yeah. All, they're all terrible. Anyway. anyway. Let's stay bar. away from King Street and just move yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah. A mega bar. That's the one. Worst. That was the worst one. Uh, no, but anyway, so braver back in the day. And, you know, we're all, we're all in lockdown. We're all complaining about – gee, it's hard to be locked down in our house. And I was like, well, how many people don't even have a house to be locked down in? Mm. 
So I literally, again, thought of this idea that was really stupid. What about I dance a marathon in my living room and raise money? I asked Tommy, what's a good charity? And he said, Lighthouse Foundation. Yeah. Bang. Did it for them. Again, such a stupid idea. Uh, took me nine hours and 13 minutes to dance the marathon. Had all these people throw in because um, I had you like danced a the full dancing marathon, marathon in, in my, in my living room. Yeah. Well, that's why you've never beaten the three-hour uh, barrier that you're going for. <laughs> yeah, you no, can't no. dance it, mate. No, no, you got to no. run was, straight. I know, exactly. But it was funny. Like that, we raised 40 grand a night just because it's a stupid idea and all these people just went, oh, this is – we've all got nothing to do because it's locked down. Yeah, we'll do it. And then just seeing all the people because we had a live Zoom stream and yep. live YouTube, just seeing all these people smiling while I was in all sorts of misery and pain. <laughs> and talcum powder was uh, was oh, pretty uh, prevalent, wasn't it? Chupa chups. Yeah. the chup chups Did you get going. injured dancing that far? Um, actually, the night I tried to sleep, I, I had so many visions because we had the strobe lights going. I was like <laughs> seeing things. I was off my nut. At three o'clock in the morning, I was like, I'm like oh, oh, the memories. The, the flashbacks were happening. And it was, just, and it was completely drug unassisted. It was like a completely clean world record. I think it's a world record for marathons done in a living room. You should check the Guinness. In the middle of a I lockdown. Think you, you deserve I think, to. I think there's probably – actually, funny you should say, I was part of a world record years ago. Mm. There was a guy when I was working in Sydney. <laughs> this is completely devoid of purpose. But there was a guy named Steve the Grape Guy Spalding who held the world record. He, he, he'd had his world record broken for amount of grapes caught in the mouth in three minutes so <laughs> this agency i was working for brought him out and they didn't have anyone to throw the grapes your day so, steve so muggins here was one of the guys throwing grapes into steve the grape guy's voice is he really good at catching grapes amazing at catching grapes it's a great <laughs> skill it's a, great it's a great party skill. trick i feel i've got the i've got the world record yeah right? i feel like it's not a great linkedin skill but it's <laughs> no, a great no. life party skill yeah, you know exactly. yeah respect Stupid. respect yeah. <laughs> um so i mean there's so much to talk about but i mean i would love to talk about the do nothing challenge yeah. I just think it's absolutely brilliant concept. Um, I'm a huge fan of doing nothing. Nick could, could probably tell you that, but yeah. um, I've done a lot of nothing in my time. So uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, oh, uh, hey, we're, you're not alone in that, mate. Not in isolation. Certainly, uh, do enjoy uh, nothing myself. We've, pro- we've probably all been doing a lot of nothing, yeah. but not intentional or purposeful. No, nothing. I think well, that, I feel like the moment at the moment with doing nothing, what people do is they start to doom scroll. You start yes. to go, you go on Instagram, you go yes. on Facebook, you go on insert social media here of which there's 700 and then after 40 minutes later you're like why did i just do that yeah so we thought maybe we could see if we could get people to do nothing for 30 minutes a day throughout november but really you can do it anytime so it's we think it's a social movement where we just do nothing for 30 minutes a day whether that is meditating practicing mindfulness gratitude staring at clouds looking at trees patting your dog patting Mm -hmm. your cat just I, i did a thing um a few days ago where i was literally just I'd started doing these Zoom calls with, with a few people just to do nothing together. And I just like, important conference calls. Yeah. yeah. Conference. Critical, really critical. Critical. But all it was for, for the, for the session was I got all the loose change that we had and I just, you just took it from a bucket and then I just stacked it up and people were just like staring at it. And all of a sudden you're just not thinking about COVID. You're not thinking about mortgages. You're not thinking about stress. You're not thinking about work pressure. You're just existing in a moment and you just feel, you just feel so relaxed and energized afterwards it's such a weird thing that you think that wouldn't have such a profound effect on you but it really I'm, does it's really amazing i want to hear about this sort of creative or ideation process behind it so how, how did you kind of come to it yeah so uh, as you mentioned we started an um, agency called silver lining agency mm. with my partner uh, johnny clone my business partner johnny another Clow. great man got a lovely accent as well he's a very good man mm, uh, so we, we had a lot of mental health charities approach us and then we were looking at all the mental health charity fundraisers that are around and there's so many like do a million push-ups, do squats, do burpees, run a marathon, get sponsored. And it's always 
almost extreme things. And yeah, we thought, very extreme. what could be the opposite? They're all physical. Maybe there's mm. something that could be mental. And so we thought, what about we did the, you know, it's the old when the world zigzags. And we thought, let's do the exact opposite. Let's actually do nothing and get people to stop, to breathe and slow down. Because, you know, uh, you, you ask anyone, how are you going? They say, oh, busy. It's the disease of busy, yeah? Maybe yeah. we need to do, we need to take something away to add more to our life. So that was the idea. Let's do nothing for 30 minutes a day and see what difference it is. And we've got some amazing um, charity um, partners. We've got uh, Smiling Mind, obviously. Yeah. So you can use, download their app awesome, for free. Man. Yeah. Awesome people. Origin, who are an amazing young youth mental health um, charity, and um, also Reach Out, who are also doing great work in the space. And there, we, the money that you raise, is split three ways automatically. We mm. don't ever see the money. It just goes direct to them. So do you go to them and sort of as a first point and say, we'd like you to partner with us yeah. on this? Yeah, we basically said, we've come up with this idea. Would mm. you like to be involved? And they went, sure, why not? <laughs> you've got clout as well. Yeah. I mean, as I say, it's, there's two people He's who got come a track from. Record. They do. And to come from the background, you know, Johnny and, and Alex have worked on you know, incredible projects, you know, mm. both obviously in the, um, in, the, in the for-profit space, obviously, yeah, the not-profit space. And, and this is just the most recent piece. And <laughs> I can only imagine what you're conjuring up in your mind right now because <laughs> – this guy just goes. It's, it's almost like he's got a best hit, hit after hit. There's, there's an album that you've, you've accumulated of, of good, and it, it's it's really incredible. But this uh, is just the most recent. What's also I like about it is it's fun. Like how much of life is not fun? Yeah. Like that's why I have this. I think this analogy, which I quite like. When you watch the news, it's like 58 minutes of death, depression, fighting, yep. murder. All the awful things. And then there's a cute panda at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's have more of the cute and panda. The weather, the weather. And the weather. Yeah. yeah. And the weather. It's <laughs> raining for the next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's a beautiful day. Cherry on top. But, yeah. you know, I mean, like I think we need we need a bit more levity. That's why often a lot of the uh, charity things we've done, they're a little bit silly in a way. Like mm. the do nothing challenge. We could have called it the mindfulness be zen challenge, but that sounds a bit boring. The do nothing Super challenge, boring. though, that sounds stupid enough to work. Yeah. And this funny thing, like doing nothing, it actually is a challenge, it like, weirdly hard. enough, because yeah. you're always busy. You're always, oh, I've got to call this person. I've got to pay that bill. I've got to be posting on social. I've got to be doing stuff all the time. Sometimes you need to do nothing. Like well, and having kids is a good way of doing that. Like yeah. I've got a, a young daughter and she just is amazing. Like she just teaches me so much mm-hmm. every day because she is so in the moment all the time and she'll go, let's go and stare at the clouds, Daddy. Let's oh. go do this. Let's go on the flying fox. And amazing. It's, it's, let's go. She Like yesterday she just went out. We just picked flowers for half an hour. Stole the flowers from people's backyards. <laughs> but no, but it's still beautiful. And at the end of it, you just feel relaxed because you haven't been in the. I feel like kids is like a hack. Yeah, they like, are. They yeah. just cut through all the. Crap. I think I'm looking forward to them as like yeah. my, my to replace my apps. So we need, we need to get into this because I think there's something in this in the sense that so obviously. Uh, can we can we make an announcement or is it no um, no we can't so announce, well the announcement is that I've had a, I've had a son so <laughs> yeah, that's um, right, so yeah in, in in the last couple of months uh, so I've had young Jack who's he's near three four months and it is you know I, I think um you know time off is just as important as, as time on but I think the thing that's so admirable about Alex is that you know not only as I say he's supported causes it's sort of outside of his immediate sphere but obviously also you know close to his heart and, mm. and things that have tangibly affected um, Alex and, and his family but you, you look at sort of the accumulation of you know, we're talking and it's, it's not money by any means, but you've already raised, you know, $140,000 for, for, for youth homelessness, right? Through through Homey and, um, and Lighthouse Foundation. But you had this incredible endeavor that you also worked on um, for Epilepsy Australia um, with Maximilian and you did, you did another TEDx talk, a TED-E talk. TED-E talk um, yeah. and, and, and what you were able to, to, to do, um, it's remarkable. So I'd, I'd love for you to also give us a bit yeah, of insight sure. into, into that if that's okay. Yeah, so my daughter uh, got diagnosed with epilepsy just over 
two and a half years ago and it was the night we were out for dinner one night and literally mid-conversation she just froze, fell off the side of the chair. I thought she died. Wow. Uh, every day I think about it and mm. I held her in my arms. She was just completely limp. It was horrendous. So anyway, we went through this whole situation. Like, If you have one seizure, it doesn't count as epilepsy yet. She had three that night. She had three a couple of weeks later. So we have these full tonic-clonic seizures is what they're called, and then she was having these absent seizures 40 or 50 times a day where she'd just freeze and just go, huh, and just stare out the distance for 10 seconds. And so she's got all this epilepsy. Wow. Um, and so through having epilepsy, we literally just Googled epilepsy, children epilepsy, and we found this um, – charity called Epilepsy Action Australia, we said our daughter's being diagnosed and they just sent us all this stuff. And one of the things they sent was a Ted E. Bear. The E stands for epilepsy and Lila named her as Baby Bear. And so she always just give her a bit of strength. It was really just a beautiful thing. Um, and then I thought um, then they have this thing every year called Purple Day, uh, which is their annual fundraiser, and they had their big fundraiser planned for last year and then COVID hit and the whole of Australia shut down. So it's a you know, big fundraising dinners. So it all got cancelled. I wasn't sure how much they'd lost, but hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Lila was really excited for it too. She'd even dyed her hair purple, ready to do it at school and do a fundraiser at wow, school. And so they, all got, they all got pulled away. And so I just thought maybe we could do something that could, you know, maybe make a difference. So I thought she has this teddy bear name that she names Baby Bear. Maybe we could do a special bear. We, maybe we could have a bear who ended up being called Maximilian and calling him the million-dollar teddy bear. Maybe we could find a billionaire for philanthropist to pay a billion dollars tax donation basically to have this bear to help the – because there's 250,000 Australians have epilepsy, which mm. is 1% of Australia, which is nuts when you think about mm. it because it's, oh, it's amazing. And as yeah. soon as Lila had epilepsy, it's like, oh, oh, this person has that, that person. Mm. It's just that your perception opens and you see how big these issues are in the world. Yeah. So so he came with this idea, this million-dollar teddy bear, um, try to get some a billionaire philanthropist – to, to pony up the dough, unfortunately, didn't get anywhere. We've got lots of press around it, got a whole bunch of celebrities sharing it, but we couldn't find a billionaire philanthropist. And then when the next Purple Day was coming around, I thought, well, I, I still believe in this. I still, still think we need to do something. So I wrote this thing with Tom Whitty, actually helped write the, the yeah. script as well. He's obviously, again, I always, genius people. Always got good people around in you. In the mate. wheelhouse. Suck, yeah. their clothes, yeah. suck their genius away. <laughs> uh, I did a mentor, so, but it yeah. one for, for genius. So we, we came, I came with this, obviously, Ted E talk. So I did, I did like a Ted X style talk and just basically got some amazing people. Adam White was the director and got a production company to help to all do this stuff. And so basically did a Ted E talk, talking about the experience of it. Um, the project saw it and liked it and remade it for the project. So I redid it for the project. Then it was on Purple Day that year, uh, that that night. And just that night, just the amount of people who donated because the whole thing was we flipped it. So the 1% have got so much money and they, in fact, their wealth increased during COVID, but mm. they're on a space. The, they're flying a space. They're flying a space. Yeah. They got so much money, but they still didn't care enough to don't, a million dollars to them is that much. Let, so let, we let, just, um, let me ask like a kind of um, a question for the uninformed yeah, yeah. myself to two guys who are in the space. Why do you think people need activation events to actively make a choice to donate to great causes? Why are, are people just not kind of considering these things? They just have that perception. It's like you don't, you don't see it every day mm. unless you experience it. Like all these things, if I haven't had the lived experience mm, of yeah. with epilepsy, mm. some with anaphylaxis, all these sort of things, you, all of a sudden you go, oh, my God, I need to do something about it. Mm. And I'm lucky enough I know enough clever people who are passionate as well to do something. And then when you, you put it in front of them, people go, of course I want to be part of that. Like and just yeah. seeing that like the, that night I was on the project and just seeing the inbox because every time I got a donation uh, you could see – who was donating and it was just 
What did it get to in the end? We're up to eighty-five thousand. Far out. So that's like that's walking now. Like this is over two hundred, almost two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know, quarter million dollars. I reckon Alex is done for. This guy needs his own impact report. Yeah. Like each year that just tells you like you know sectors, company, uh, not for profits, oh, money raised, yeah, profile yeah. pieces. No, totally. Because I, th- I think you know, and my two cents on that is that like, often we don't react to things unless they tangibly affect us. But what mm. I love about Alex is that he has been tangibly affected by things. But mm. he's an example to us all on that some things he hasn't been tangibly affected by, but he is still being active on that. And I, I guess my question to you, Alex, is is why? You know, that you've obviously there's some things that have been close to your heart, etc. But there are also these things, as you say, that they're just a bit of fun. It's you know, and, and whatnot. But I think that's interesting. An example is like you, you get involved when you don't have to. You know, yeah. you, you, really, you could walk away, or you know, you could wipe your hands clean, but you decide to get involved. So is, is that something? that's sort of been developed from a young age or um, over I time know. experience? I think, I think it's just that, excuse me, just the progression in advertising and just questioning, like what, again, the kids thing, going, am I setting a great example for them? I want to set a good example. I want them to go actually caring for thing for people. is That's more important than money. Um, and I remember reading, hearing a thing which I thought was a really good thing. It's like, you know, money is one measurement of wealth, but it's not the only measurement of wealth. Oh, it's like the most it's the basic, most basic measurement of but wealth, it's the one yeah. that's most in your face. Yep. Like you're conditioned, like you need to get a yeah. house. So it's it's society's money. standard for it's us mad. of what like, wealth is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, the, those the billionaires, they're going to be trillionaires. It's just like it's ludicrous. Yeah. Like what could you be doing that? Like did you, Jeff Bezos, did you really have to fly to space to go, oh, I need to do something about climate change? Really? I mean, <laughs> what are you talking about? And did you, I mean, did you, just that whole thing where you see Bezos and Gates are on their mega yacht, which is like a big as a bloody MCG, and mm-hmm. then they fly their private helicopters and private jets to talk about lowering climate emissions and you little people like us are doing the wrong thing. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just like ridiculous. We've all got our keep cups out every day. Oh, it's just <laughs> – it's so bad. Yeah. And it just makes you ill. I know I, know, I listened to this podcast. I, I quite like this story about the secular Buddhism podcast thing where I heard they were talking about this thing I've told this story a few times, but I think about it almost every day whenever I talk to someone about why do I do this stuff. It's like mm. they had this picture of three kids and there was a kid in the middle who's smiling and the two kids on the other side are, are unhappy and are, are not looking happy. And they take that photo to people in you know, US, UK, Australia, Western society. Is the kid in the middle happy? And they ask the kids that and the kids go, of course they're happy. They're smiling. Take the same photo to Eastern countries who don't have as much as us. Is that kid in the middle happy? And they're like, Court can't be because their friends are unhappy. And like, wow. don't we need to be more like that? Yeah. Like we need to, that's what I say, uh, uh, in a way it's a little bit selfish of me. Like when I do things and help other people, all of a sudden I feel happier mm. than when I just try to win awards in advertising. And like that was the thing in advertising. Well, it's so awards focused. Mm. They love it's so, the awards. It's, they love the awards, but it's so meaningless because there's an award show every few weeks. Awards for awards. Any, awards yeah. for awards sake. And I have this other catchphrase. I've got all these catchphrases. It's like I work it's in sharing. advertising. No, you do. And you've got to follow this guy on. I like the catchphrase. Go ahead. Aim for achievements, not awards. Yeah. Because mm. I remember um, like when one of the things you talked about was the Nikki Winmar. Yeah. Um, sculpture. So basically me and a mate, Aaron Tyler, again, amazing guy. You might have seen him. You should, everyone should check out Australia Cash. He came up with this idea a few years ago where he redesigned Australian money to have like aggro from Cartoon Connection. <laughs> <laughs> Kath and Kim and Carl <laughs> Stefanovic. So funny. And Adam Goods yeah. was on the $2 coins. So, so funny. And we basically just started talking to each other. I think he saw me do um, the one buck, one puck thing. Um, and so we reached out. We just became friends and we, I knew he was a footy nut. He's a Richmond man. I'm a Geelong oh, man. Oh, what a great man. He's, he, there you go. <laughs> uh, moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, we basically just started talking about footy and then one day I texted him and said, hey, mate, do you want to see if we can make a statue of Nicky Wimmer? And he's, he 
basically called me back three minutes later and said, oh, mate, I just had to get out of the meeting I was in because I have on my screen already things I want to do, make a statue of Nicky Wimmer. Oh, that's like an amazing story. Cosmos. That's cosmos, an amazing universe. story. Yeah. Yeah. So we just said, well, we've got to try and make this happen because the 25th anniversary is coming up. So we basically started doing it. We found Nicky somehow. It took him a while. It took us a while to find him, found him through his manager, Doug Bear. G'day, Doug, um, who is his then manager. Shout out, Doug. Shout out and to then Doug. we thought we got to get Wayne Ludby. He took the photograph of Nicky pulling up his jumper. So we found Wayne Ludby. He's like, yes, I'll do anything to help you. Amazing. If we're going to get it made, we may as well get the best sculptor in Australia to do it, Louis Lauman, who did all the MCG sculptors. Louis, you cool? Yeah, he's on board. And so we did a crowdfunding campaign. We thought we'd get the money. We thought uh, 150, 160 grand or whatever it was. Surely now we're woke enough that we people will put money in for that. And so we, we were able to get onto AFL 360, all this media. You with Robbo and, well, uh, Robbo and Jared. And, and Jared, oh, yeah. And, and Nikki was on there. And then the, even again, Cosmos sort of thing, we were trying to organise it and Nikki was very hard to, to sort of organise and we talked. I had a mate who happened, I used to work with, who happened to work at Fox and said, talk to this person, this producer, AFL 360. And they said, um, uh, if you can get Nikki in on Wednesday this week, then um, we'll, we'll have you on the show. And we're like, call up his manager. Can you get Nikki in town? Because I know he wasn't living in Melbourne. He's like, oh, geez, Nikki's really busy next week because it's Indigenous Round. He's busy on Monday. He's booked on something Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So, but maybe Wednesday could work. And we're like, oh my God, are you serious? That's <laughs> like one day. It was amazing. It's hump day. It's just amazing. So it's we, fateful things yeah, happening for the right reasons. It reason. does. And then, mm. so we, we did that. We got on the crowdfunding. We got like $14,000 in a couple of weeks. We thought, oh, shit, shit, excuse the language. We mm. thought we'd raise more money. Maybe there's someone at the AFL who might want to help with it. So we literally just Google people and found this woman named Tanya Hosh, who is the social inclusion manager. She'd actually tweeted the campaign out. So we went naively, we'll just email Tanya and say, yeah. do you want to be involved in this? And she basically called us up and said, yes, come on in. And from there it just started snowballing. And, like, it took three years, a lot of hurdles, ups and downs, where is it going to be? And then um, can I, I, I got my favourite story. This is my favourite story. Yeah, go. And um, so the day of the unveiling was at Perth Optus Stadium because Noongar land, that's where he's from, mm. Noongar family. Uh, all his family there, all St Kilda fans were there because it was a it was the derby between Perth and uh, West Coast and Fremantle. Sorry, so huge crowd. Um, it was a miserable day though. It was just pissing down, raining, grey, 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 raining, raining, raining. Everyone's giving speeches. Minister for WA is giving a speech. You know, Mark McGowan, Indigenous for Indigenous Affairs, Sports Minister Gil McLaughlin. They're all giving speeches as rain down. Then it came time for Nikki to give his speech where the tarpaulin was still on it, and he stood up. And it stopped raining for the first time for the day. Then he oh. walked up to the lectern and the clouds parted. And literally, as he opened me. his mouth, the sun came out. <laughs> and everyone was just clapping and cheering. It's like 1500. Everyone was just going, again, universe. Yep. It's, this was the right thing to do. He gave his speech, finished his speech, sat back down, started pissing down again. A few more speeches. And then it came time to take the tarpaulin off. Got up. Sun came out. Sunny day, the rest of the day. And it was just incredible to be a part of. And then it feels like all the COVID things that have happened in the last few years. All of a sudden, the uh, dream time at the G can't happen, so they have it at Perth, and they have the long walk ends up at Nikki, and with all the just all the you know Michael Long there, and it's just amazing to see. But and then the grand final gets moved this year, and again Nikki's part of the telecast. Yeah, the backdrop, it's just like yeah. it's just amazing. It's, mm. These things just happen, and I just think it, it all just lines up because you know Nikki did this amazing act you know, twenty six years ago in the moment. Wayne Ludby saw it. He said this needs to be on the front page of the thing. Just goes around, gets talked about. Then me and Aaron go, why isn't there a statue 
then things just work out if you've got a good enough idea and enough passion for it. And it just it's so amazing to be a part of that and seeing you know, Indigenous kids going up and replicating the jumper pull up and pulling at their skin and posting it on social media. It's just magic. And that's that thing like in advertising. I talked to a few of my friends in advertising when we had the idea and they're like, oh, sculpture, eh? Hey? That's been done before, hasn't it? And we're like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like this Everything is, that's in the, it's in the world di- has been done before. Like, it's yeah. a bit different to so uh, a sculpture yeah. of Shane Keith Vaughan, yeah. you know, yeah. a lovely spinner yeah. yeah. uh, versus so a weird. Yeah. Like, that, That's what we like about it. It's like yeah. it's the only sculpture outside of sport was not actually about the sporting Yeah, it's not about sporting action. It's about the moment and what it yeah. means mm-hmm. to people on a deep, deep, deep level and that's so amazing to be a part of that with all these incredible people who are just passionate about it and doing that. And Tanya Hosh, she's the most incredible woman I've ever mm. met. Like I think she's Second South, to South Australia. Yeah. No, yeah. but, you know, I mean, power, just <laughs> amazing power, South Australian of the year and stuff. Like, just wow. incredible. Without her, I'm sure it doesn't happen, but it's just the universe made it all happen and it's amazing to be part of things like that. And you feel good. You see all the messages. We have like a Nikki Wimmer sculpture Facebook page and every Indigenous round we say, hey, go and take your photo with, with Nikki and stuff. People send in their images and it's just awesome. Brilliant. And you so know? do you have a, like a, a good relationship with Nikki now personally? Like, Oh, no, he's, he's a will of the wisp. So he's, yep. he's out doing his own thing. Yeah. What does he do I th- now? I think he's been, last I heard he was working like in the mines up in Queensland or really? something. So I think he's had an up and down life. Because of that big moment, like he's yeah. a footy player, yeah. and then he did this thing that wasn't a he footy thing, an icon. and he became an icon. Yeah. Not through his choosing, just through a spirit of the moment thing. But I think, from what I can tell, he seems to have started to come to terms with that what he did was actually oh. incredibly special and powerful. I've got something just talking about um, just coincidence. So we had this this little um, glass house pop up shop in Melbourne Central Shopping Centre um, when we were sort of early early days of homey. And, and, and next door to us was this sort of high-end fashion brand and there was this fellow who was working there and and we used to go over there and give our key to them just yep. to say, hey, like, <laughs> my stuff's going to get stolen. I'm going to give our key to you. Um, do you mind keeping an eye on the shop, et cetera? Go to a bathroom break or whatever. Anyway, it turns out that was Nicky Winmar's son. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh, he, so, yeah, he came across for the, um, yeah. the unveiling. So, so he's there and um, the, the guy, you know, at the time, he's a massive, you know, worked, worked with us for a long time, massive Saint supporter and he just yep. goes, oh, got talking, goes, I'll go for Saints. I don't know how they got into that wavelength and he goes, I'm, I'm Nicky's son. Next shift, Darcy rocks up and slipped under the glass house is a signed photo of Nikki. Oh, wow. How good is that? Amazing. That Amazing. is coincidence. So, yeah. so cool. Serendipity. It yeah. is. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, good ideas and yeah, you said good ideas and passion. Like that's yeah. just yeah, – um, It's all about passion. It's and butter. Like I feel like the idea is the easy bit and most people come up with the idea and don't do the thing and like that's why having worked in advertising as well, you come up with so many ideas that go nowhere. Like the client changes it, in-house changes it. Or you get it made and by the end of it, you're like, it's been so butchered, you're like, oh, just go away. So that's why that's another reason why I started doing all these things. So I was like, if I come up with this idea for a charity and it stuffs up, guess whose fault it is? It's only my fault. And not one is stuffed up yet because I basically always have complete control of these things because I just go and do it. Come up with the idea, get some mates to do it, do some good stuff, pay some money. It's all good and no one can stuff it up because it's all, it's all pure. Pure is good. Hard to stuff up pure. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go back briefly to the thinking behind the Do Nothing Challenge yeah. and just some of some of the health benefits. Like why is it useful for us to actively do nothing? Is this a mindfulness thing mainly? Yeah, yeah it's a big mindfulness thing. It is that disconnection from social media, mm. from stress and pressure, and that's that release because, you know, 
it's so stressful. Life is so stressful. Yeah. Every conversation you have is stressful at the moment because of COVID and because of everything. So it is that whole being in the moment. We're never in the moment. We're always disconnecting. We're thinking, oh, what's happening in that part of the world? What's yeah. happening with that person? What's happening in my business? What's happening with this? What's happening with family? What's happening with mortgages? What's happening with everything? And we're no, we're no longer like I, 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 every day is part of the do nothing challenge. I'm sending an email to everyone who's participating, and I, the one I sent today, I thought was really good. Was like, you know, we have, we all have this thing that we all basically take for granted and don't, and don't think about. It's our heartbeat, and if you actually stop and do nothing, you can actually, you can actually listen to your heart beating, and just think about it, like in ten minutes, count how many beats, heartbeats you have, and then mm. think about that in a day, in a year, in your life. And it's mental that this thing is just tick, tick, ticking away. How do we evolve to this? And you start to, uh, start to think and you start to get a bit philosophical and then you start to think about all the things that led you to be right here now. I remember like thinking about like uh, uh, there was a guy, I think his name, A.J. Jacobs, this book. I love A.J. Jacobs. Brilliant. Yeah. The book about the coffee. Yeah. So have you he goes to uh, yeah. basically figure out like how – like sourcing every single ingredient that makes up a coffee, goes around the world and tells the story of like where it all comes yeah, from. Yeah, like who, who designed the, the coffee yeah, cup lid? Yeah, who designed the co- go yeah. beat the the, coca, the, the, co- the coffee bean yeah. guys in Brazil? It's just amazing. It's mm. just because we are all so busy and so fast all the time. We sometimes stopping and just appreciating stuff and how amazing it is that we're here. Amazing it is that we're wearing a watch. Like that's amazing. Mm. Like three hundred years ago, that's going to explode people's brains and we just go, yeah, no, I can look up emails on my watch now. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's, it's all it's too crazy. much. It's all too much. But what is the sort of, because it's quite hard to do absolutely nothing, yep. like unless you're meditating, I guess, would be the purest form of doing nothing. At what point are you actually doing something? Like, oh, well, that's the thing. I think it is actually very active doing nothing because that's why it's sort of like I said, like do nothing is the catchy phrase. Yep. But really you are really actually working hard because it's really hard to do nothing. It is. It's really yeah, easy. Yeah. Very the stressful. Thing, it, well, the very easiest thing is to pull out your phone and go, um, it's like what you say with kids, they don't get bored anymore because if they're bored, phone, iPad. Yep. It's good to get bored because when you it's get bored, very good for you. your brain starts to think of different ideas and you have to think of ways to amuse yourself. And that's why when you're doing nothing, sometimes just, you know, just lying on the ground, like doing nothing, staring at the clouds, you're doing something because all of a sudden you're imagining, well, is that a teacup? Is that an elephant? Is mm. that a, what is that? And then you, you, then you notice that some clouds are going left to right. Other clouds are going right to left. Ones are closer to you. And you're seeing that you just start to notice things. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a favorite doing nothing activity? Uh, the favourite one that I like, I just like um, counting leaves on a tree mm. and just start every day a different tree. At some stage I'll go, oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, that's a different shade of green. How many shades of green can I see there? Oh, there's a little bobbly bit there. Oh, that sort of comes off down the bit. Actually, your, your, your neighbours are just like, oh, yeah. he's at it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Well, I, I, actually, again. Uh, I had an idea for a book, which I may, I may or may not do, but it may be the world's most boring book, which is like how to find peace and happiness in your living room because I can imagine you could just sit in your living room like looking at the, the stuff that we've got in here and then you could look at that chair, that's, that, that table that's in front of us that's made out of wood. It's got all the creases in it and then you could go, all right, I could count these maybe – 1,753 different lines. There's a knobbly bit there. That's actually exactly right. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be terrible for my OCD as well, uh, Alex. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's a trigger. But it's, <laughs> it's funny, but it's, it is, you get in the moment and then you've got to look at the angle of that, of that stool and you look yeah. at things and you, it's just being. That's, the, that's like, I mean, it's obvious things that we're human beings, not human doings. I'm sure we've probably all heard that, but it's so true. Like mm. we should be being. And another one, I, I keep listening to secular Buddhism, but I like it, which is, um, 
they talk about you need we need to start living life like it's Tetris, not like it's chess. Have you heard mm-hmm. of that saying? I haven't, but I have heard of secular Buddhism, and I'm a big fan. I think yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. There's some good lessons in there. Yeah, for it's everyone. great. Because yeah. I like that that particular analogy is like because when you're playing chess, you're trying to beat someone, mm. and you're planning ahead to try and defeat someone. Whereas Tetris, you just have to be figuring out what you're doing just to get by. You're in. You're not trying to beat anyone. You're just trying to keep going. Yeah. And I think that's so good. Like you're not trying to defeat anyone it's you just trying to get through life like you know like the water around the rock all those sort of all that sort of stuff yeah be water, to, all that sort of, sort of stuff the be water thing resonates exactly. with me very well the chinese yeah. sort of perspective it's, it's so it's so great it's yeah. so liberating. be and fluid it, yeah. be free and that's in the yeah. west we're not we're getting bigger houses we're getting more money we're more we're making sure that our boss sees it sees that we're still in the office at 7 30 that's what i used to do in advertising agencies mm. used to be like 7 30 can I go home yet? Because I'm not doing anything, but my boss is there. I don't want them to think that I'm taking the piss by leaving at 7.30 at night. Like, what? Like, what a way to live yeah. that is. And I think a lot of people are stuck in there. That's where probably the great resignation is starting to happen because people gone gone back to work and gone, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. And then I kind of got – that's why I got what am I doing with my life and that's why I do all this stupid stuff on the side that actually does some good now, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about sort of like there's so much joy that you bring, I think, Alex. Like, you know, you, I love avidly following you and, you know, your, your posts on Facebook and, and LinkedIn, et cetera, just really provocative stuff. But I guess, you know, our imaginations as, as adults, you know, as a kid, like you have yeah. imagination, right? And mine is just dead to the world now yeah. for the most part. And it's actually been simulated by actually sort of connecting with Alex and following, you know, his exploits and I, I guess I wonder, you know, it's like you've been able to maintain that, that inner child. You know, like what were you like as a kid and how come it's translated across? Because, you know, I don't think you're, you're shameless, you know, in, in a lot of ways, in a, in a very positive sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't care what people think a, about you. I'm just, a media whore bag. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, like, what, what, what were you like as a kid? Um, a bit of a loner. Uh, not really terribly. I'm not a very good uh, – if, if we had just met in a bar – I could not be talking like this, but I can talk about ideas and stuff. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's sort of about me, but really it's about helping and doing good things. I can do that. But I wasn't terribly, uh, yeah, social or anything like that. Uh, very yeah, much a loner, I think. Um, but I always thought I wasn't great at school. I was okay at school. Really, well, you're a B student. Yeah, it's a B student. Solid, solid. <laughs> but that wasn't your fault. You would have been an A student if you had known if what an A meant. If I'd known, if I'd known, <laughs> if I'd known that trying actually made a difference, yeah. I'd have done better. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't. I was a bit of a loner. I've, I mean, I've had quite a lot of mental health issues in my life, uh, like a lot, mm. um, like the rest of us. In yeah, the room. I know. Yeah. I think, and that when it's good now, that we're being more open about yeah. that. Um, but through often having a lot of a time on my own, I guess again the imagination starts to go. So I'd have to amuse myself because I didn't hang out with any friends very often so you must just see things quite differently like it's very apparent to me that like the creativity that someone like yourself has you just see the world in your own way that's very unique it's so infectious um, as well yeah and it's it's and it's funny i think yeah. as well when you start to come up start to come up with these ideas and you think that's ludicrous and then you start to tell people to go oh yeah that's cool like i hadn't thought of that like yeah. and it just and that's why i did actually did the books as well so I did a couple of books with Russell Howcroft, um, The Right Brain Workout. Again, long story. He's a big dog, Russell Howcroft. He's, big, he's the man. Dog. Shout out to the man. Yeah, he's yep. a massive, amazing creative um, supporter. And we did these books, which Nick, you've obviously been in. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a published author. Published author. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't know that. Special. It was so wow. awesome to be part of but it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was cool because it was, again, trying to incite creativity in people because yeah. basically every day it was a question written by a different creative person like Nick, Tommy, actually, Waleed Ali, and yep. people like that. What was Waleed Ali's question? His question was invite and invent a sport that could be played by three teams. 
by three teams. Three teams wow. at once. So it was cool. a good one. Round robin footy? Or is that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was things like that. So every day you do a different right brain question to help you open up that creativity because sometimes you just need a nudge. Yeah. Because and um, sort of just asking people, they always have a different answer to every question and it's always amazing and that's why I like And I'm actually talking to Tommy when he, I talked to him a while back about why he started to be a comedian, why he got into creativity. He was like, because at school he was no good at the things where it was a right and wrong answer but creativity, everything's right. Mm. Like you can't get it wrong, which is good. So you can't, there's always someone going to like what you've done. There's always someone going to dislike what you're doing but enough people will like it. Then you can create something that's really cool and it's it's fun. Like that's a good cure for some of the things when I think dark things. But if I think of an idea that's helping people, I'm not thinking about that dark thing anymore. I'm mm. thinking about doing this thing that's going to make me feel better. It's going to help other people. And I just feel like we need more people to do that. Like what Nick does with Homie is what an amazing brand that is. Like I'm well, every day I'm wearing a different one of their T-shirts. And it's just such an amazing vibe. Like when it was on the project and just seeing how much people love this brand and just love the story and just now it's a really made such a successful brand doing amazing things in the world and helping young people going through homelessness not just giving them money but training them and stuff like that's what's really great it's not just a handout it's like you're helping people again Mm. it's just about giving people a help a hand up not a hand out exactly exactly we've got all these skills we've been blessed with all this stuff why not help other people who maybe haven't had that as much luck as us i love that why not help other people there's no downside to that it. That is a fantastic way to uh, actually wrap up. Um, so, Alex, um, tell us how can people connect with you and lo- learn a bit more about your work? Yeah, so, well, if you want to sign up for the Do Nothing Challenge, so you can do that any day. The idea behind it is donate $30, all the money goes to Origins, Money, Mind and Reach Out and do that, Do nothing for 30 minutes Thirty minutes a day for 30 days. Um, you can just go to donothingchallenge.com.au so you can sign up there. Um, or if you want to see um, my agency, just Google Silver Lining Agency and hopefully something comes up. Hopefully our CEO, is that what's called? SEO is working. So hopefully the CEO was. is also working. Are you good? <laughs> <laughs> or if you just want to see my other rantings, go to stuffbyalexwadelton.com, which no one will be able to pronounce because it's, uh, it's a spell. We'll it's, put it in the show notes, don't go. worry. Stuffbyalexwadelton.com. We've always got tricks for that stuff. Yeah, it's good. So no, and yeah, if anyone just wants to email me, I've got, I've got so many email addresses, but alex at rightbrainworkout.com as well. Um, I think it's .com, not .com. Maybe I should just double check that. Uh, but yeah, you can because you can, then you can buy the book. I'm also do creative speeches and stuff, talking about creativity, and do workshops and stuff about creativity and how like if an idiot like me can do things, anyone can do it. So that's basically how anyone can use creativity to change the world for good. So I do speeches like that to schools and to corporates and stuff like that. So let's just do more good. Um, so yeah, they're the main things. Or you can just hit me up on LinkedIn and I'll. Fantastic. Lots of avenues there. Um, first, mate, thank you for being with me. Uh, Terrific oh, job. Mate, C- Captain, you see the ship very well. How Thanks was your uh, first journey aboard the vessel? Oh, it was wonderful. A little bit of choppy waters, you know, um, <laughs> internally. But uh, no, thank you, mate, for being such a, oh, a wonderful. Sailing, um, yeah, yeah. And, and the, look, the best thing is the captain goes down the ship. I can jump off. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for having me, mate. I appreciate it. Phil is awesome. wonderful. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player or the link in today's episode notes. Why not share the podcast with your networks? After all, 62% of our subscribers come from word of mouth recommendations and social shares. You could also leave us a five-star review and some kind words in the iTunes store. If you love what we do each week and want to support the show, you should join our growing community of Patreon supporters or consider becoming a show sponsor. To learn more about all of that, just head to humansofpurpose.com. 